0: Penn State has a new offensive coordinator and one of its top offensive weapons is coming back for one more year in 2021. I'm Kevin McGuire. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. Let's talk about it all in today's episode. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. It is January 11th, 2021. Hopefully you guys are all doing well as we continue to work through the new year, get some New Year's resolutions still under our belt. And how many are you still passing? Because I know I've let go on a few already, as you may have noticed around here on the podcast. But today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. Again, I'm Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always, hosting the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast. Today's a big day in college football because we have the national championship game coming up tonight. We will talk about that in our third and final segment of today's episode. But first, we have some big news to cover as far as Penn State's offense is concerned with an offensive coordinator change out of nowhere coming to late on Friday afternoon. And we're going to talk about that. And of course... Jahad Dotson making the big news over the week that he is going to be coming back for one more year of eligibility with Penn State in 2021. So, lots of stuff to look forward to as far as the offense is concerned. We're going to talk a little bit about both of those topics in today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to help continue to support our show and grow our show in 2021, the best way to do that is to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, make Sure you're subscribed to locked on any lines and don't forget to leave those ratings and reviews let us know what you think about today's episode and what you think about the show in general as we continue to try and improve this show make it something that you want to come back to and share with your friends and your family and of course your fellow penn state fans and of course you are always welcome to interact with us on all of our social media platforms by following us on twitter Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch using the username And I'm actually recording today's episode live on my own Twitch channel at KevinMLive, so hopefully you get a chance to catch that at some point. See how I go through the podcasting process if you're interested, and of course, you are always welcome to hop in the chat and submit your questions throughout the duration of the podcast recording. So lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. So remember about a week ago, I was talking about how it's going to benefit Penn State's entire offense, especially Sean Clifford, with having a consistency with this regards to the offensive coordinator position. I thought that Kirk Scirocca getting another full offseason in what will hopefully be a more normal offseason process was only going to improve Penn State's offense going into the offseason, going into next season, because we did see signs of improvement down the course of the second half of the season. And I think there was a lot of expectation that getting a chance to have a little bit more of a routine regular full off season with this coaching staff was only going to improve that consistency going into next year so you're not starting off on such a slow foot well lo and behold friday afternoon comes around and penn state makes an offensive coordinator change one that i certainly did not see coming one that totally took me by surprise and it is also one that i'm very happy and excited for because penn state makes the announcement they are hiring now former texas offensive coordinator mike yurcich who has a history right here in the state of pennsylvania but of course has been on the map as far as one of the top offensive coordinators out there with stops at ohio state and oklahoma state and of course most recently LA, Texas, now he's coming back to the state of Pennsylvania, where he really put himself on the radar, as far as offensive coordinators are concerned, with the work that he did at the Division II level at Shippensburg University. Now, I happen to have gone to Shippensburg. I know all about the wing T offense of former Shippensburg head coach, Rocky Reese, rest in peace, and of course, the transformation that the Shippensburg offense made once they went on to the post-Rocky Reese era, and Mike Yurcich was a big part of that transformation, because Because all of a sudden, they open things up. They're scoring points almost left and right. And it was such a dynamic difference from the way that Shippensburg traditionally played this offense. And remember, this is a Shippensburg offense that made John Kuhn one of the top Division II football players. And obviously, he went on to have a nice little career in the NFL. Does some work with the Green Bay Packers to this day off the field, but that was the kind of offense that Shippensburg had. They were never really a pass-heavy attack. They were always ground and pound, run on first down, run on second down, maybe run on third down too. When, when you had a guy like John Kuhn against most of the Division II competition, that was going to be okay unless they were playing IUP. We're not going to go down that path right now. But I will say that Mike Yursich made a name for himself at Shippensburg, and it certainly caught the eye of Mike Gundy who hired him away from Shippensburg to take on the role of offense coordinator at Oklahoma State, where he did some really good work there. Obviously, he went on, he had a quick stop at Ohio State, and now he most recently had a stop with the Texas Longhorns. And by and large, everybody seems to have some positive things to say about Mike Yurcich. Now, as the week goes on, I'm going to try and bring on some guests that have had a chance to really cover Mike Yurcich uh, at various stops, including Texas, with our friends over at Locked on Longhorns. Trying to work that out. We'll get that for you guys at some point this week, hopefully. But this is a really good situation, I think, for Mike Yurcich and for Penn State. Now, I still stand by the idea that if Kirk Scirocco was going to be coming back and being the offensive coordinator for Penn State in 2021, I still think there was a lot of reasons to be excited about what this offense was going to do, because I do believe that having the consistency with an offensive coordinator coming back for a second year and hopefully having a full offseason to work with, I thought that was really going to benefit Penn State going into 2021. Now, yes, you are changing offensive coordinator once again. This seems to be a regular occurrence for Penn State, and that is a problem. But if you are making good offensive coordinator hires, it's not as much of a concern. And I do think that Mike Gersuch is a good offensive coordinator hire. And I'm not just saying that because he went to Shippensburg or, or, or coached to Shippensburg. I do believe that he has a good track record. And I do think that the kind of offensive game planning and gameplay calling he's going to bring to the table can really help Penn State. We're not gonna see nearly as many fades into the end zone as we saw in previous years including under kirk shiraka who again i think is a good offensive coordinator i'm not knocking him at all i just think that mike yurcich when he becomes available was an offensive upgrade for this penn state coaching staff so i've talked before about how difficult it is for james franklin to part ways uh willingly with one of his guys now again kirk shiraka is not necessarily one of his guys but it's a guy that he hired and James Franklin not the kind of guy who's going to move on very quickly when it looks like there's no real reason to. And I didn't think that there was, unless there's an obvious upgrade. And when Texas makes their head coaching change, removing on from the Tom Herman era, bringing in Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian, obviously the pool of coaches with Texas becomes available. Mostly because I'm sure Steve Sarkeesian's is probably going to have at least a couple holdovers from the Tom Herman staff, but. You know, obviously, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian is an offensive coordinator from Alabama, so he doesn't really have a need for an offensive coordinator. So it, it very, it looked very likely that Mike Juricich was not going to be a part of that Texas plan moving forward under Steve Sarkeesian. Now, because the, that lucrative offensive coordinator comes available, Penn State makes a move to pounce on him before another program gets a chance to. And I think, obviously, a tough decision has to be made to move on from an offensive coordinator that... I still kind of liked in Kirk Sirocco, but I I do think that bringing Mike Yursich into the fold here is going to be very good for Penn State. I don't know if it's necessarily Joe Moorhead good, uh, because Joe Moorhead was a guy that really needed to rethink how this Penn State offense was going to be played, because it was obviously a lame duck under John Donovan. Uh, Joe Moorhead came in and revamped the way that the whole thing was run. I don't think we're necessarily talking about the same kind of dynamic changes as far as the offensive approach is concerned, but I do think that there's going to be a lot to look forward to with Mike Yersuch taking over the, the chance to call plays for this Penn State offense, and I think that it's going to be a very fun experience because he's going to have some good weapons and good players to play with, including the best wide receiver that Penn State has had on their roster the last couple of years going into the next season, And that, of course, is Jahad Dotson, who has announced that he is going to be coming back and being a part of this Mike Yersuch offense. I cannot wait to see it. We're going to talk a little bit about that decision by Jahad Dotson coming up in our next segment. Once again, the national championship game for college football is tonight. So there are still a few hours left to get in those final bets for tonight's game between Ohio State and Ohio State and Alabama. Ohio State's still a touchdown underdog against the Crimson Tide, or maybe it's seven and a half or eight points. I forget what the latest line is, but odds are Ohio State is still going to be a pretty steady underdog against Alabama. The line hasn't moved a whole lot over the course of the last week. Alabama has been a pretty solid favorite according to betonline.ag, and that's where I want you to go to make sure that you are getting your bets in at betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code when you sign up. Locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. So Whatever your first deposit is, they're going to give you a 50% back and top of that. So you have plenty of cash to make those bets tonight. Uh, just bet on the line, bet on the over-under, bet on the prop bets that are out there. Who's going to score the first touchdown? It's all available for you guys at betonline.ag. And of course, don't forget about the next round of the NFL playoffs. There's always NBA season in the full swing. Got the NHL ready to drop some pucks. So lots of opportunities to get in those bets to make some money this season and this year. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. So one of the biggest developments as far as Penn State's offense last week, in addition to the offensive coordinator news, was the fact that Jahad Dotson is going to come back for another year of Penn State football. He announced this on his Twitter account. Uh, Penn State obviously retweeted and shared that message on their official accounts. And that was huge news for Penn State. I cannot overstate that. This is a significant development for Penn State's offense, it certainly solves one of the problems or questions you may have had about what Penn State's offense was going to be like next year, because we certainly went into this past season, the 2020 season, with the wide receiver position being one of the biggest question marks. Jihad Dotson obviously proved to be worthy of being one of the guys that can solve some of those concerns. And we saw some development from some of the other guys, including Parker Washington, kind of develop along the way this season. Now, all of a sudden, the wide receiver position is not necessarily a strong concern going into next year. Still might be a slight bit of an issue as far as depth is concerned, but you saw some guys really step up and make some plays at the wide receiver position as last season went on. Jihad Dotson certainly among them. Probably one of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten, and there were some really good wide receivers in the Big Ten. I still feel as though he got snubbed by the all Big Ten teams. But this is one of the best wide receivers that will be coming back to uh, play in the Big Ten next season. And that is a huge plus for Penn State because obviously you still have Sean Clifford coming back. And I, I still think that we're going to get a good year out of Sean Clifford here. Uh, again, another year of starting experience under his belt. He's going to be coming back. And while there will be a new offense coordinator, I'm very optimistic about what that offensive coordinator is going to bring to the table. So all of a sudden, I'm looking at some really big things out of this Penn State passing game next year. Whereas a year ago, we were probably looking forward to more what what the running game was going to look like. I still think the running game is going to be pretty decent shape. Probably not as good as it was uh, at the end of last year after the Cotton Bowl <laughs> going into 2020. But obviously, we know how that all played out. But all of a sudden, the passing game I think that Penn State could bring to the table could be pretty fun. And I think for Sean Clifford uh, kind of improving as the season went along, cutting down on some of the mistakes he made. As long as I can carry over and establish some creativity and some uh, comfort going into next fall, start, starting with the, the offseason schedule, whatever that's going to be, we've got some good things to look forward to out of this Penn State passing game because anytime you can get one of the best wide receivers in your conference, decide that he's going to come back and put those NFL plans on hold, that's huge. Obviously, they're still going to have to be without their top their tight end from last year because he's moving on to the NFL, uh, understandably. But Jahad Dotson coming back next year, that's a huge lift for this Penn State offense. And it fixes or it solves one of the problems they had going into last season, which was that wide receiver position that is no longer a concern. And I think wide receivers are going to be fine at Penn State. I think Parker Washington is going to continue to develop. And I think you're going to see a guy like Keandre Lambert continue to find his role as well. And all of a sudden, you've got some dynamic wide receivers to rely on. Guys with good hands, good height, good speed. This is going to be a fun passing offense with Mike Yurcich coming in. He's got plenty of tools to play with. And I could not be more excited about what that is going to mean for Penn State going into next year. Now, there's still some work to be done, I think, as far as Penn State is concerned. You kind of want to see uh, the offensive line continue to have some stability. Uh, certainly, I feel very comfortable about the, com- the quarterback position. Uh, we're very curious to see if there's going to be any activity in the transfer portal because uh, I would not rule out the possibility of a quarterback transferring out of Penn State. But all of a sudden, this is an offensive unit that I think can be looking at 2021 with a very high ceiling. Uh, Not Ohio State high just yet, but certainly this is the kind of offense that I think is going to be capable of giving Ohio State another run this year or being the closest to giving them a run. I know Indiana did that this year. Uh, I still feel like Indiana is going to be pretty dangerous next year, too. But I do think that uh, as far as Penn State is concerned, you know, offensively, it's going to be one of the better offenses I think they have coming back. Going into the next season. Uh, Again, running game could be a little bit of a hesitation there. Um, Still not quite sold on it being as uh, high optimistically as where I thought it was going to be going into last season. But of course, a lot has changed there. Uh, And and speaking of which, uh, the video that Penn State put out interviewing Journey Brown, if you haven't watched that yet, my goodness, watch it. Because Journey Brown is so mature and so well-spoken on a very difficult situation that he's been having to go through with his medical retirement. Uh, I know Penn State shared that on their Twitter feed. Got a little choked up, got to be honest with you. It uh, It was tough to watch because you can see how much playing football meant to Journey Brown. And the fact that he's not able to do that uh, is really a shame <laughs> it really is but obviously you got to do what's best for him and I think he understands that and he, he seems to be handling this as well as anybody possibly could so I, I still would like to see Penn State keep him involved in some capacity you know m- maybe coaching is in the future I don't know but I would still like to see uh, some way for James Franklin to find a way to just keep him connected to the program because I do think he's a part of that Penn State football family well as far as the rest of the running back position is concerned you know, it would be nice if Noah Kane is going to be back and fully healthy. That would be great. but I start I think we're starting to see some guys really step up in the running back position as well. So well, plenty of time to dig into each different position unit going into next season. but I do feel much more confident about the wide receiver position today on January 10th is the day I'm recording this uh, than I did probably on June 10th of last year. So progress. Maybe let me know what you guys think as well. What do you think about the wide receiver position going into next season? What are you looking at this entire Penn State offense? Because now we've talked about the new offensive coordinator, who I'm very excited about. You get another year of Sean Clifford as your starting quarterback, and you've got your best wide receiver coming back next year to play in a unit that has seen some good development. I think out of some of the younger options as well. So I don't know about you. But I'm happy to see what this offense is going to do this upcoming season. I think there's a lot to look forward to. Let me know what you think as well. Reach out to us on our Twitter account at Nittany and let us know what you think about the offense going into 2021. Do you have any concerns? What are they? And don't forget that tomorrow is our Twitter Tuesday episode. So if you have any questions about Penn State's offense or any other aspect of the program going into 2021 or any college football questions or any other off-the-table questions, feel free to submit them to our Twitter account at LockedOnNittany. And if you get them in today, we'll do our best to make sure that they are all included in tomorrow's episode. And we may even be streaming that as we're putting it together as well. So hop in the chat, submit your questions anytime and get us your questions at LockedOnNittany for our Twitter Tuesday episode tomorrow. All right, we're into our second week of the new year, and one of the most common New Year's resolutions is to lose some weight, right? Certainly after the holidays, maybe you put on a few more pounds and you're willing to admit that's okay, because now is the time to hit the reset button, get back to the gym, and start eating right. And one of the best ways to accompany you in that process is with Built Bars. They are protein bars that taste like chocolate bars. If you're looking for something that'll help fill you up and you're gonna feel good about it later, make sure you check out the built bar because like I said, Protein bars that taste like chocolate bars, it seems too good to be true. I'm telling you, it is not. I have had a variety of these Bilt Bars. I stand by them. I make sure that they are part of my daily routine. Certainly, they help me out during my day job. I'm on my feet all day. I'm working hard, um, building up a sweat some days. And Bilt Bar really helps me get between break time and lunchtime, or just lunchtime, and when I get to go home, it really helps me feel full, energized, and I'm feeling good about it too. And they've helped me lose some weight over the course of the last couple of years. I stand by by that i mean that 100 they've got a variety of flavors to choose from some of their original flavors include toffee almond salted caramel double chocolate and of course i'm a big fan of the orange you all know that and i will say that that is the best flavor you got to check it out today but they also have some of the more recent flavors that they've added like cookies and cream and lemon almond cheesecake and i know what you're thinking these flavors sound too good to be too true for me to try and lose some weight well i'm telling you they are they're full with protein they're great for any uh keto diet if you're looking to lose or maintain weight they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber take a look at the flavor profile for cookies and cream all right 17 grams protein 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 grams of net carbs 100 satisfaction that's what i will say to you i want you to check them out for yourself go to builtbar.com don't forget to use the promo code locked on you get 20 off your next order and while supplies last they will throw in a free cooler with your purchase and take it from me here's what you do You get to those built with bars, you put a couple in your fridge, and every morning when you're packing your lunch, put them in that cooler that they're sending you, and you're going to take that to work. It's going to be a nice, cool, refreshing treat when you're ready for it. Mid-morning snack, lunchtime, mid-afternoon, whatever the case may be, put it in the cooler. The refrigerated built bar is one cool way to go. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On. get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at builtbar.com. So tonight is the final night of the college football season. Unless you're looking forward to spring FCS football, and yes, I am. I'm already on the Delaware Blue Bluehands bandwagon. If you haven't been following them on Instagram, as I have, that's one of the things I picked up along the way. I'm looking forward to some spring football. But of course, uh, the main attraction will be tonight's national championship game between the Ohio State Buckeyes and Alabama. Now, I'm going to say right now, I never really buy into the whole idea of taking pride in your conference. I understand that good things that happen for the Big Ten ultimately leads to some good possible outcomes for a school like Penn State. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have to be rooting for Ohio State tonight <laughs> by any stretch in the imagination. A victory for Ohio State does nothing to help Penn State's chances in the long haul. Yeah, financially, uh, you know, the money's already been made. (laughs) Whether Ohio State wins or loses, Penn State's still getting the same share that they would be getting from the college football playoff and the the whole postseason format. That stuff is already ironed out. So whether Ohio State wins tonight means nothing as far as Penn State and revenue is concerned. And let's be honest, you know, revenue is what this is all going to come down to at some point along the line. But really, when you focus on what's at stake here. You know, Ohio State already playing in the national championship as if they need another advantage over everybody else in the Big Ten. You know, Certainly, this bodes very well for Ohio State and the stability that they will be continuing to have as far as recruiting is concerned, player development is concerned. Ohio State has set the bar very high for everybody else in the Big Ten. So a program like Penn State, as much work has been done to improve where Penn State's standing is, and it's a very good standing, make no mistake about it. This is a program that is in a very good spot as far as the Big Ten is concerned overall in terms of stability within the program, despite the offensive coordinator change, Uh, but this is a Penn State program that is built to compete closer with Ohio State than maybe a lot of other programs around the Big Ten are, and again, You know, every couple years, Ohio State's going to slip up, but somewhere along the way, Penn State has established itself as one of those programs that's most likely to trip Ohio State up uh, at some point. And that's why uh, the games with Ohio State have tended to be much more competitive head to head than some of the other head to head matchups that Ohio State has had over the course of the years. Now, Ohio State still has a decisive uh, advantage over Penn State in a lot of different areas. But it's like that for everybody else around the Big Ten as well, including Michigan, including Wisconsin, including Indiana, including Nebraska, including Iowa. So everybody's trying to catch up to Ohio State. So when you look at what this means tonight, Ohio State winning a national championship makes it that much more of a challenge, I think, for Penn State. And that's not to say that Penn State shouldn't be up for any kind of challenges uh, based on what Ohio State does. Obviously, the higher Ohio State sets the bar, the more Penn State has to improve and ultimately that's a good thing because if as long as Penn State is improving then that's that's fine but if the goal is to beat Ohio State and beat Ohio State I'm not going to say regularly but consistently you know steadily can it be more of a back and forth kind of a series where Ohio State wins one year Penn State wins the next year maybe one school wins two years and then the next school wins two years maybe, you know go back and forth you know don't let it be Penn State wins one game every six years and we're supposed to be happy about that because I don't think a lot of people are going to be the ultimate goal at Penn State is to win a national championship but there are steps along the way to making that a realistic possibility now you know we saw a few years back in 2016 Penn State did beat Ohio State yes okay a little bit of a fluke I I don't want to discredit the effort of a special teams play with a blocked field goal returned for a touchdown to take the lead and stun a very highly ranked Ohio State. I'm not going to take that against that 2016 team because they took that moment, they captured it, and they ran with it. They took advantage of that opportunity to stun Ohio State with a good head-to-head matchup, and they went on to win the Big Ten Championship, get into the Rose Bowl. Yes, they were left out of the college football playoff and Ohio State did get in, but the, the ultimate goal here at Penn State... Is to win the national championship and before that you have to take strides up the ladder to make yourself uh, in a better position to do that and, and penn state with james franklin has been doing that i know this past season was kind of a step back in many regards but again fluke a year right so we can kind of put 2020 with an asterisk i think that's fair as long as i come back in 2021 and prove that that last year was a little bit of a fluke so what you're looking forward to at Penn State is you're looking to build a team that's going to consistently be competitive for a Big Ten title shot. And Penn State is sort of there, I think. I think they're they're in a much better position as far as the whole entire Big Ten East is concerned on a regular basis of being considered for a uh, possible shot at a Big Ten title. Obviously, you have to get by Ohio State, but I do think that the way that the roster has been built over the years has helped put Penn State in that conversation. And yeah, again, a gap between Ohio State and Penn State, we get that. Uh, but if you if you improve your standing <laughs> as far as your program is concerned, you're always gonna have a better chance to close that gap a little bit. Uh, even in a head-to-head matchup, just get one play to go your way. That could be all you need. And then who cares? Even if Ohio State is the better team, you get the head-to-head win to go your way. Big things can happen. Now, obviously, that didn't happen this past season. A lot of things didn't go well Penn, for Penn State last season. But again, if you go back throughout the course of the last few years, certainly under James Franklin, you know the head-to-head matchup with Ohio State has meant a lot as far as the Big Ten East is concerned. So I don't think that that's going to change. Now, if you're looking to close that gap a little bit more, catch up to Ohio State, the biggest way to do that is to beat them. So Ohio State winning a national championship, Doesn't really do anything positive for Penn State. It just sets the bar that much higher. So maybe in the long run of things, maybe that's a good thing. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, if you're trying to out recruit Ohio State in any category, Ohio State adding another national championship ring to their collection is not going to help the cause. Now that said, I, I'm not necessarily against rooting for Ohio State if you if that's your prerogative. I, I do think that this Ohio State team is not one that's all that unlikable, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe you feel differently. <laughs> Maybe you just you're 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 throwing up a little bit inside your mouth just at the thought of rooting for Ohio State. I get that, you know. But honestly, I'm looking at this Alabama team, and this Alabama team has been really fun. I find it very challenging to find an area where Ohio State can really capitalize on any supposed weakness that Ohio Alabama has. Because first of all, I don't think Alabama really has any weakness. I do think Ohio State's going to score some points. I think Alabama scores more. I think Alabama wins this game. And I kind of like Alabama to cover as well. Again, seven and a half, eight points, whatever the spread is on betonline.ag, I would strongly consider going with Alabama, getting a late score to get that late cover uh, at the end of the game, because I think both teams are going to score some points. I think the bet that I would make on this one on betonline.ag is go with the over. I really do feel like there's going to be a lot of points on both sides of the football. Uh, So I feel like an over of 75, if that's what the line was last I checked, I feel pretty confident suggesting that there's a very good chance that that's going to tip the scales. And so I'm going to go with the over in tonight's game. I think Alabama wins. Uh, We won't get a chance to react to it in the Tuesday podcast because it'll be recorded before the national championship game is played. So on Wednesday, we'll have some final thoughts on what we see in the national championship game and where everything goes from there. Because obviously we are now in full off-season mode uh, as far as FBS is concerned, getting ready for whatever the spring's going to bring, whatever the off-season's going to be, as we start to look forward to that 2021 season. Hopefully, crossing my fingers that it's going to be a full, uninterrupted season. So a little skeptical as I'm sitting here right now. But again, we'll have lots of time to really figure out exactly what the 2021 season is going to be. But on Wednesday's episode, we will put in together our final thoughts on the 2020 season that was. So make sure you also check out the Locked On College Football Podcast. Today's a great day to get caught up on Locked On Big Ten, Locked On SEC, and check out our friends at Locked On Roll Tide and Locked On Buckeyes for all the coverage that you're going to need going into tonight's national championship game. I'm Kevin McGuire. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. Again, we have a lot of stuff going on with the podcast this week. You want to make sure you're staying socially connected on all of our social media apps, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch using the username Locked on Nittany. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and whatever podcasting app you may be listening to today's episode in, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio. Radio. You can even play it on your Amazon Alexa devices. So make sure you are connected with the podcast uh, however you get them, subscribe, review, rate all that good stuff and of course connect with us on our social media platforms as well i'm kevin mcguire one more time you can give me a follow on twitter at kevin on cfb check out my uh own college football content on athlonsports.com and my patreon at patreon.com slash kevin mcguire and don't forget to check out my twitch channel where i was streaming today's podcast live for you as i'm putting it together at twitch.tv slash kevin m live that's all for me today. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll come back. We'll talk about that game on Wednesday. But, of course, we will have Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. So get in your questions on our Twitter account at LockedOnNinny. And we'll address all of your questions in tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday episode of the podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Let's get the week started on the right foot. Go one know today. You can't go one know this week unless you go one know today. So have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.